0: Welcome to Stay Healthy New England, a platform focused on chronic pain, pelvic health and wellness, with monthly episodes featuring top health and wellness experts all over the US. This podcast can be a starting point in looking for ways to naturally experience pain relief right in the comfort of your home, breaking free from the shackles of chronic pain. In traditional approaches, it is easy to feel like an object on a conveyor belt moving through the doctor's office, the humanness of it all gone. Your pain is real to you, and it limits the real human life that you're living. Dr. Jessica Papa, founder of Arancia Physical Therapy and the creator of the Conquer Mystery Pain eCourse is your host for Stay Healthy New England. Tune in and learn how to conquer your mystery pain now. Here's your host, Dr. Jessica Papa.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Stay Healthy New England. I'm pumped to talk to you all today. I have a very special guest on, Dr. Courtney Livingston. Hey, Courtney.
2: Hello. How are we doing?
1: We're doing amazing. Thursday is our Friday. You know how we roll. (laughs) All sunshine here. And we're pumped to talk to you about your specialty. You're a doctor of physical therapy, and you specialize in dance PT. A lot of people listening may have never heard of dance physical therapy and that it was a legit thing. It's a niche. And we're really excited to, to pick your brain on it and learn from you about what a session you know, entails and, and how one even goes down the path of being a dance therapist. Um, for everybody listening, a little background. Dr. Court is a clinical doctor of physical therapy and certified strength and conditioning specialist as well. Um, she graduated from MGH, so roadie, not too far from us here, New England local. Um, she's worked in many ortho settings and especially in the dance medicine program. Um, so she has a plethora of experience and is sort of like my personal go-to person if I mm-hmm. have a question with an athletic patient that I'm treating that's into dance. And and yeah, she's been a huge resource for me in that respect. So between salsa to bacha, I'm I'm butchering that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very close, you got it, (laughs) bachata, yeah.
1: Contemporary and Afro to Cuban. Um, She has so much experience since age three, right? Dancing, Mm -hmm. uh, and and at age five started um, with salsa. So Dr. Courtney, tell us, you know, how did you know, you know, was it early on in your, you know, toddler and and teen years that you knew you wanted to just specialize in dance and make it your life's career and passion?
2: Yeah, I think I've always wanted to make sure dance was part of my life. Uh, Since I was little, I've always loved to dance. And um, when I moved back to Boston after um, college, after University of Michigan, Um, I found the dance community, the salsa, bachata community in Boston to be just incredibly welcoming, um, and just so much fun. So I found a way to kind of bring those two interests together, um, my physical therapy interests and my dance interests and have loved treating, um, and being a resource for the Latin dance community in Boston.
1: Oh, I love that. Now, can I ask what made you interested in physical therapy?
2: So I think actually some of my dance background really, um, helped I've always loved kind of picking apart movement and um, understanding the details of movement which I think came from my early years of dance as a ballet dancer Um, so it was really technique heavy um, as a ballet dancer and so you really had to be able to pick apart what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong in order to to kind of um, refine your movement. And that's something that I've really brought to some of my dancers in the clinic uh, because training certain muscles to activate can really make the difference of um, a painful jump or a, or a not painful jump.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. how valuable. That must be Mm -hmm. performers and, you know, students of dance. So tell us a little bit more about, about, you know, you and, and um, sort of how you treat, how you approach, different ailments that dancers come in with
2: yeah no it's a great good question because i do uh, treat my dancers slightly differently than you know your typical um patient coming in for balance training or gait training or post-op for a lot of my dancers i do a pretty um stringent uh, functional testing, which means, you know, I have them standing and jumping on one leg and, you know, being able to plie on one leg, which is just bending the knee. Uh, And then for the test, you know, depending on the style of dance, I might have them bring in their point shoes or their um, Latin ballroom shoes, their, you know, their heels, their jazz shoes, whatever shoes they really uh, spend the most time in. And we talk about, you know, where do we put the weight? in our foot, how do we connect our foot strength kind of points the ball of our foot up to up to our hip strength and how important connecting the foot, hip and core together is um, when landing jumps and doing basic movements uh, to prevent injuries. So that can really help the dancer understand why strengthening the hips might help their ankle sprain, for example, that they've come in with.
1: So, so I love that. That's so key because you're relating. The movement to the function and the activity, the exercise—it's all mm-hmm. together. So it's, it probably resonates better with your patient dancer. Definitely. In terms of like the significance of why are we doing X, Y, Z? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to relate with, you know, therapeutic exercise and 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 activity with patients. So mm-hmm. I love. that. What would you say about education in terms of you know talking to your dancers? Yeah. You know, because a lot of times athletes, you know, push it to the limit a little bit and they're so um, I don't want to say concerned, but yeah, I guess concerned with getting back out there.
2: Right. Yes, that's definitely a huge uh you know, part of our rehab thought process when I'm working with dancers is, you know, when is the performance? um, How many rehearsals leading up to performances do we have? And how much rest time and recovery time are we going to be able to get in there? Um, One of the major things I work on with dancers is, is, well, kind of two things. One is, you know, seeing recovery as part of their workout plan, (laughs) their training plan. Um, So building that into their schedule. And then two is, Um, how do we build strength outside of the dance studio? So so that that includes um, bringing in my strength conditioning background, what kind of weight training can we get a dancer to do? Uh, Because we know from a lot of the sports medicine research that just hasn't quite made its way over to the dance world, that strength training is incredibly important um, to prevent injuries for all different types of athletes. And dancers really aren't any different in that aspect. Uh, So my goal has been really to try and educate dancers on how to lift um, and build their confidence in a gym setting um, and bringing it to them. And so I've actually developed a class uh, called Butts and Guts that I do once a week to try to incorporate kind of mat work and then slowly progress to teaching them how to hip hinge and squat and a lot of these things that you do in the gym uh, so I can start training them with weights. Uh, so that that's really the the goal is to bring their recovery and weight training into what it means to be you know to be training for your dance performance coming up.
1: Absolutely, that's such a that's such a great um, addition to a session and and to really kind of refine what movement looks like um, mm-hmm. like outside of the one on one into a into a class that probably feels more more familiar and maybe a little bit more extensive range. Totally. Of- um, techniques you know that they'll need to do in a performance or
2: mm-hmm. practice. And, and some of my higher level dan- higher level dancers have incredibly you know incredible flexibility and kind of hypermobility as we call it so just the ability um, that their tissue has a little more elasticity in it so they are able to go uh, to ranges of motions that are way more extreme than your average uh, patient and that presents itself in a way where we have to strengthen them at those end ranges. So, for example, you know, someone who has a hyperextended knee um, might be quite a um, plus for a dancer because it makes their lines look longer, right? When they're fully extending their knee and it's kind of almost going backwards. And so that means, though, that we have to build that strength and that last little bit of movement there um so that if they're standing on a hyperextended knee or kicking on a hyperextended knee, or extended knee that they are able to control that and not you know injure their knee in that somewhat compromised position
1: that's a great point and i into that point i also find it really fascinating and important to to think about the dance movement characteristics that are more subtle and ordinary but that take a lot of um controlled holding mm-hmm like those small mm-hmm. little isometrics that look so mm-hmm. polished. Mm-hmm. We take, you know, a ton of um, strength just to be static
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: and look poised at the same time. Totally. Very, very cool. So how do you sort of go about talking to your dancers, like we talked about before, who want that result a little bit quicker than it might yeah. be? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, and I'm guilty of it, too, at times. And I want to get back to something like, OK, I did two sessions. But really, uh, in my clinical mind, I know it's going to take 20 sessions. Yeah,
2: that, that's definitely tough. I struggle with that because I know tissue healing times, right? You know, as a, as a clinician, we know that often, uh, you know, a muscle... T- um, tear or, you know, ligament sprain. Uh, these can take six to eight weeks, eight to ten weeks to fully heal. So how do you hold a dancer back um, for six to eight weeks? I mean, that would be insane for a dancer uh, to even think about those timelines. So that's really been presenting a challenge um, as a clinician. And and one of the ways I get around that is using um, kind of crutches in a way to to still allow the dancer to dance um, with slightly modified so for example i might tape their ankle or or teach them how to kinesio tape their ankles so that they aren't spraining it Um, and uh, again you know to give it that really strong support so they're not continuing to stretch out the ligament and and prolong our recovery process yeah i i will incorporate dry needling into my sessions um even shockwave is a is a cool treatment that that can kind of increase the healing time um especially if it's been more of a chronic injury but a lot of these techniques do mean we have to pull the dancer back a little bit and um, try to get some of their training days might be in the pool even, you know, getting some of their weight bearing off, getting them on a bike rather than elliptical or treadmill. So taking some of the force um, and load off of the structures that we're trying to allow to heal. So it really does come um, with a lot of communication and planning and strategizing with your dancer. It's very individual plans.
1: And would it be fair to say that you you see a lot of ankle and knee injuries compared to, you know, like a back or shoulder injury?
2: Yes, it's actually um, lower extremity injuries. So hip, knee and ankles and actually low back pain are the most common Um, among dancers. For me personally, especially with salsa dancers, I've noticed a lot of hip and ankle, Um, knees haven't been as bad, but knees are often related to the hip pain. So if someone is having knee pain, they also tend to have a hip pain or low back pain that we're addressing. It tends to kind of work together. Um, Connected. Yeah, and in addition to that, I've found so many times I've had to go back to that foot core, which is something I'm super passionate about, uh, which are those four layers of muscles on the bottom of your foot, um, in addition to all the proprioception and nerves and and kind of um, your body's ability to, to know where that ankle is in space, if we can train that foot knowledge, <laughs> that foot core, um, that tends to help the knee, hip, core all the way up the chain. So I spend a lot of time building that foot strength um, in a recovering dancer.
1: Now, is there um, another, I know you mentioned the butts and guts class sort of mm-hmm. cross-train strengthen. Is there another sport that would be safe while somebody's being treated by, you know, a dance specialist like you that yeah. wouldn't sort of whinge at?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I've, um I will try to create a very kind of diverse plan with the dancers, so I'll try to get them to have yoga once or twice a week, a Pilates class once or twice a week, Mm -hmm. but I emphasize in yoga, especially for my hypermobile dancers, that yoga is not meant to just sit there and stretch the whole time. Right, right. It's meant to activate, so think of it as an activation class, so whenever they give you the opportunity to put your elbow or hand on your knee in a lunge, let's say, um, you're taking away the work of your core, and rather than doing that, try to hold that torso up with your core. Train your core in all of these positions. Um, so I really, I'll go through some of the basic yoga movements just to kind of give them an example of how you can make it more of an active movement rather than a passive stretch.
1: I love that. Yeah, I hear that commonly. I treat a lot of hypermobile patients here, mm-hmm. and, and they're always the rock stars at yoga and totally. Like- Oh, the challenge at
2: all and... yeah
1: problem
2: <laughs> yeah exactly and then they just tend to over overstretch and and pull right. on on structures that are already too long, too lengthened.
1: Right. And I, and I do, you know, often get an excuse like, "Well, this is my this is my medicine, this is my, you know, mental.
2: Yeah. I'm all for that, but Right. Just modify it. It's great. Do it. Hey, go for it. But just know what it is that in every sport you do, you're going to you got to know your weaknesses, right? In every class you take, there's going to be parts of it that are easier for you or or harder and just know which ones are the easy ones and try not to push into those too much because that might mean that you're overusing the body in that way.
1: Right, right. Now, how do your patients find you? Let's talk about that, because I know um, people listening here are going to want to pick your brain even more and, and yeah, I think guts class and follow you. And I want to know, you know, like, what's what's your process like? You're probably packed, but um, yeah, somebody apply to kind
2: of get to work with you. Totally. I've been um, having kind of a combination. So I reach a lot of my dancers through my dance community in Boston. Um, A lot of them will reach out to me on Facebook. I'm Latin Dance Physio on Facebook. I'm also Latin Dance Physio on Instagram. Um, And they'll reach out to me. We'll set up a virtual um, session. And um, or if we can get into person, we'll try to meet for an hour or so so I can do a full Assessment and evaluation of their their strength and their range of motion, um, how they are able to stabilize themselves on one leg, with a heel up. Let's say they're a Latin dancer who dances on. On, in heels. I want to make sure they can balance and have strong ankle strength uh, when they dance on, on the ball of their foot. Right. Um, so those things I'll, I'll look for if they are partner dancing. A lot of um, my leads in salsa or bachata will have shoulder problems and neck problems because they're using, their shoulders aren't strong enough to be able to lead their partner as well. So we'll discuss kind of how to activate some of those smaller, I call them intrinsic muscles, those deeper muscles right. um, that Will able to stabilize your your essentially your frame uh, to allow more graceful and effortless movement with your arms and legs. So um, we really work on a lot of those little muscles together. Um, and and usually it only takes you know maybe four to five sessions to really get them on a good plan. and then I try to get them coming to my weekly classes or I'll set them up with some of the other instructors in the city depending on what they need to continue building that strength.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, um, with your, with your social media um, pages, Latin dance physio, but you Mm -hmm. could be into any dance and
2: still. Exactly. Yeah. I've worked with ballet dancers and hip hop and jazz and break dance and um, really had a fun time with, with, you know, a lot of my Afro-Cuban dancers. Um, It's been, it's been really fun. So happy to, to kind of Problem solve with my dancers and figure out a plan to get them back. I like to say, kind of back on the dance floor.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what for some of our um, older folks listening in? And um, you know, maybe they they had a dance career in the past and they're mm. always had a love and, and a charge for it, but um, just kind of want to go through some type of you know routine with you, some type of um, rehab, so that they can literally just dance, you know, with their partner. Totally. You
2: know? or at a wedding or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually what's been really lovely about working with the Latin community in Boston is it's quite um, a range because we have a lot of ballroom dancers who are older and uh, have continued dancing their whole life. And, you know, they really love it. And and often injuries are one of the reasons they're not able to dance anymore. Uh, And so they'll come to see me to, again, build that strength back and that balance that, that can be a little harder to maintain as we get older. Um, so that's something that I've enjoyed working with. And they're some of my most fun patients and tell me about their dance lives and careers. So um, that's definitely a really good thing. Try not to just give up on dance. You know, come talk to me first and then right. we'll get you back out there. It's kind of my takeaway for those folks.
1: I love that. Now, um, if if one were on here listening, you know, and they wanted yeah. to sort of pursue you know, kind of like what you've pursued, what would you recommend in terms of a path? Would you say absolutely necessary physical therapy? Would you recommend another path to, mm. you know, be able to train, I guess, and in, in rehab
2: folks? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I have a lot of um, physical therapy students asking me, okay, if I want to be a dance physical therapist, what what should I do? And um, i you know, part of my advice is to get some experience teaching, uh, treating a broader population at first, um, and then continue to go educate yourself in tools that dancers will want. So knowing how to, you know, kinesio tape and tape ankles and and um, be, you know, maybe dry needling for the quick, you know, as a tool to get dancers okay. back on stage a little faster. Um, but that really it comes down to being involved in your dance community. Uh, Cause dancers want to know and trust who they're seeing. Um, so that's one of the biggest things that I've been able to continue doing is, you know, I'm on a salsa team in Boston an all women's salsa team um, called Volante and we dance and perform all over the city. I'm dancing at socials, I'll be dance- social dancing on Friday night out. And so I've really gotten to know the community. And that's been a wonderful avenue to build that trust uh, with the dancers to know that I'm, you know, I'm going to be there for them and I understand what they're going through.
1: Yeah, that brings up a great point. That's that's I love that you're you're still so active um, in the community and people mm-hmm. know you, they recognize you. It's building mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, you're, you know, easy, easy to approach. And we already know. Yeah. It. Um, I love that. You know, you're so mm-hmm. passionate about it.
2: Totally. No, do, uh, I know the feeling. <laughs>
1: yeah. So where does, um, you know, where do you see yourself? I'm sure everybody's going to want to know, like, what can they expect from you in a few years down the line? Would you uh, consider opening a studio and, and having, having folks sort of sign up there?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I've been. I've. Um. My more immediate goals are to actually teach some injury prevention workshops at uh, festivals. So we have Latin dance festivals all over the country and the world. Um. And instead of teaching like a dance class, which is very common, uh, to have like a dance workshop at these things, it would be, um, you know, how to foam roll, how to, you know, what should you do as recovery? How do you use these balls, bands, you know, little ankle weights that we see. Advertise, but um, may not be able. You know, what's the most effective way to use these tools as a dancer? And how to uh, so
1: use them too? Because that sometimes is
2: totally how to use them. I know you've talked yeah. a lot about. We've we've talked a lot about kind of the difference of just foam rolling absentmindedly quickly and really right. letting that tissue sink into. Um, the foam roller or the ball and and get that neural changes which is what we're really looking for um, with some of these tools so totally I mean that's a huge education point that is is commonly misunderstood um, among dancers and is a simple you know an education point that really if you can just get them in there and thoughtful and feeling it because dancers love to feel it and try it out themselves. Right, um, It can really change their minds about how to recover, uh, you know, an active recovery versus just sleeping a lot and um, things like that. So that's something that my plan is to really try to travel um, with my dance company that, that I'm performing at and each festival that we perform at, I'll, I'll try to teach a workshop there um, for the dancers and, and be available to, you know, maybe 15 minutes, segments for dancers to come up and talk to me and and ask some some quick advice Um, and then you know have more virtual classes that they can jump into and um, sessions that we can kind of set up so that I can be kind of a quick resource when a dancer needs some um, faster information, especially leading up to a performance it can it can take a while for dancers to get into physical therapy clinics and that's what i'm trying to make be more available uh for dancers to have resources um, if something happens yeah Mm -hmm.
1: it's a great point and they're not always um conducive to their training schedules and hours
2: totally exactly and i think as far as a clinic i would i'm actually thinking about um doing some hours, you know, having hours available at certain dance studios in the city. Um, So have, you know, a a PT table, little PT room um, as part of the studio so that I can actually bring the physical therapies physical therapy to the dancers I'm going to be putting out a call to collect some um, weights and extra weights that people will donate to a dance studio up in Malden uh, where I teach out of and um, have that as you know resources for dancers to use so as I train them how to use the weights they'll have access to them. Uh, without having to, you know, get a whole nother gym membership or something like that. Oh,
1: that's a great idea. And I know a few um, PTs who do that with gymnastics and it works. Mm-hmm.
0: So they're
2: seeing them in their role and totally in their environment, they love it. They They, yeah. they can like walk over and just talk to you after classes. So that's kind, of, that's kind of the goal um, to just be really accessible right now. And, and the more experience I get from treating dancer, dancers um, will also help dancers down the road. I can you know, see exactly what they need um, on a short-term basis and then as well as a long-term basis. So it's really helpful both ways.
1: Absolutely. One more time, tell us how we can get in touch with you. How can folks listening in contact you and inquire about the services?
2: Yeah. So reach out to me, uh, Latin Dance Physio on Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook, Latin Dance Physio uh, website coming soon. And I would be happy to set up a time to talk a little more about if you have any injuries or concerns, um, getting ready for a dance audition or dance team. um, Please let me know. I'd be happy to help.
1: Love that. Next time we have you on, we should have one of your former or current patients on with you and, and get sure. <laughs> her, her inside scoop too. Totally. I'd love to. It'd be great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Corny. Thank you, Jess. Um, we can't wait to talk to you again. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Take
2: care. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Stay Healthy New England. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others can find this helpful information too. We really appreciate that effort. To learn more about your host, Dr. Jessica Papa, and to gain more information on the Conquer Mystery Pain eCourse, please visit AronsiaPT.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Stay Healthy New England.